the three characteristics of master coaching apply to you and your clients and guarantee all of your success. We break them down today, give examples of them today, reminders of how to use them to create results for you and your clients and your team and your family members all through the Talent Code by Daniel Coyle. So we break down chapter eight of the book today. It's juicy. It's amazing. It's loaded with excitement. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back. I don't know why I say the mind of George for so many times like you don't know what you're listening to because you totally do. And I just became extremely self-conscious about that in this moment. So I apologize for being a broken record, but welcome back to chapter eight of the Talent Code by Daniel Coyle, Normal Spiel. This is part eight. If you haven't listened to parts one through seven, go get a refresher. If you have, welcome back to the party. And I'm going to dive right in because today is about mastery, master coaching. Okay. So when we go back to episode 391, we talked about mastering coaching, how incredibly important it is to have a master coach and how to find one based on your needs. Today, we're going to shift gears to talk about how you can become a master coach for yourself and others and dive deeper in what makes these talent whispers so successful as growing talent as others, at what makes them so successful at growing talent in others, right? So to refresh your memory on what a master coach is, a master coach doesn't have to be a world accomplishing leader who's conquered countries or enemies or anything of that nature. It doesn't have to be someone famous, living a lavish lifestyle, having status or anything that most coaches want you to think. In this book, it instead refers to these three characteristics. Number one, they listen far more than they talk. Number two, They are allergic to giving a pep talk or inspiring speeches. They focus on offering small, targeted, highly specific adjustments. And number three, they have an extraordinary sensitivity to the person they are teaching and customize each message to the student's personality. These are the three characteristics of master coaching. And these are things that are very important to me as well. And something that I thrive in, in like making me happy and creating for people. And I will say that the number one thing that I've noticed about people that I've coached is more than anything, they just want a friend and somebody who can hear them to just feel safe, to talk and to share their fears and to share everything that's coming up. And and unfortunately, we live in a society where like, if you're not celebrating every win, if you're not happy-go-lucky, if you're not boom, you're kind of bad and wrong and it creates this shame cycle. And one of my favorite things with my clients when I work with people is just listening and getting to hear and create connection and feel safe and watching in those moments as they unlock all of their own clarity because they just needed somebody to be with them, to see them. And it's it's one of my favorite parts. And and number two on the they're allergic to giving a pep talk or inspiring speeches, I will say that this was the part of my mastering coaching that I wasn't really good at. (laughs) And then I had to learn how to do it to myself first. And I think what's so big about this is that when it comes to coaches, what I describe as the burden of leadership is when you have the ability to see somebody's next 10 steps and knowing that you can only give them one in order for them to achieve all 10. 
And what I love about coaching is being able to hold people's possibilities and potential and then being able to give those small bite-sized pieces when we talk about the movable middle. And those pieces are what create momentum and create wins and teach people how to fish on their own and create confidence to get the momentum going. And it is the only way and the best way and the only way to help somebody really, really achieve something. And this is so near and dear to my heart. And then number three is they have an extraordinary sensitivity to the person they are teaching and customize each message to the student's personality. And this one, this one is the premise of everything that I stand for, relationships beating algorithms and understanding that, yes, there might be one tool that fits everybody. There might be one playbook that fits everybody, but how they learn it and how they implement it is going to be different before they all get to the same end result. And these things are the secrets to both use to yourself when looking at yourself and analyzing your performance, as well as your customers, your team, the people around you and your family to make sure that we're being consistent and congruent around so our environment sparks exactly what we want. So to give an example, let's talk about John Wooden, right? So he was the basketball coach of UCLA. Now, mind you, I don't watch sports. I don't know much about sports, but I actually have heard his name. Uh, and I don't know why, but I've heard him. Uh, but ESPN named him as the greatest coach of all time in any sport. So what is the secret? Well, I guess that's probably why I've heard him. I do have some familiarity. So when he was studied by two scientists, which is mentioned in the book, The Talent Code, they realized very quickly that his coaching was unlike anything they'd imagined. For those of you in shorts, I'm sure many of you can remember the speeches, the chalk talks, or punishments, laps, or praises, right? So if you were ever in a basketball, I'm sure you know what they're talking about. <laughs> but they later shared in an article that his teaching utterances or comments were short, punctured, and numerous. There were no lectures, no extensive aggressive speeches, and he rarely spoke longer than 20 seconds. So I'm taking notes because I definitely don't have a 20-second thing down yet. But instead of sermons, he was like a busy telegraph operator, sending these 20-second bursts out at a time. And as the two scientists recorded these comments, they recorded these 20-second bursts and coaching moments, they found that he provided 2,236 with 6.9% of them being compliments, 6.6% of them were expressions of displeasure, and 75% was simply pure information. What to do, how to do it, and when to intensify the activity. When you refer back to the three characteristics mentioned above, he models all three of them with ease, giving the compliments or the hard truth when needed based on the person they are working with. I want to bridge a gap here because you may be thinking, how does this apply specifically to coaching our clients or how can we do it? Intentionality is absolutely everything. Wooden made decisions on the fly at the pace equal to his players in response to his players' actions. Since he took time to prepare before each practice, he was able to pack into a practice infusing beliefs into them and give them information at precisely the right moment so his students could learn the most. So basically, before every practice, he set his intention and built the customer journey. He set a goal that by the end of this practice, based on where my players are, here's what I want them to achieve or I want them to believe. And he did it bite by bite. And so at the beginning, he would set context. And then with that context, everybody is playing in the same container. They're, they're surrendering to the coach and they're being taken on this journey. And then in that container, because everybody has agreed, they are making micro adjustments based on honest feedback 
that nobody takes personally because they recognize what it is that they're trying to achieve. And so that's what they're saying and what we're saying in these notes right here. And so number one, he was fixing and seeing errors by modeling the right way, showing the incorrect way, and then reaffirming again with the right way. The key being showing, not telling. Number two, he taught in chunks, taking moves and breaking them down into small elemental actions. It became easier to learn, pick up on, and actually remember, which is why we are so bullish on the customer journey and being step-by-step, but we also teach you that it applies to you with your behaviors. When you think about your wedge of expectations and you set a goal, I ask you to find your floor and your ceiling so that you can chunk it down into the bite-sized pieces to protect your momentum. So before every single practice, he created a customer journey, and through small comments, he was able to help micro-tweak to make a notable change for his players. He was quoted to say, don't look for the big, quick improvements. Seek small improvements one day at a time. The importance of automaticity, or auton I don't know how to say this word. It's spelled A-U-T-O-M-A-T-I-C-I-T-Y. Auton... <laughs> I know how to say the word. I cannot figure out how to say the word right now. The importance of autonomy cannot be overstated, or it's automaticity. I don't know. Basically, importance of chunking things down into really small behaviors cannot be overstated. It first starts with finding those micro moments to provide feedback and to learn through deep practice how to customize it based on each person's individual personality. It's practicing it and embracing the mistakes along the way that create the improvement and the growth. As you go about this week, I want you to think back to those three characteristics when it comes to master coaching, when you're having a conversation with your team, a client, even a family member, or more importantly, with yourself. When you're in your brain, when you are looking at your day, I want you to run those by yourself as well. Instead of allowing your brain to ruminate and say, well, you did this and you did this, how can you quiet your brain to just be in existence and listen more, right? How can you sit with those feelings and those emotions that you're having and maybe write them out on a piece of paper of everything that's getting in the way, but then allow yourself to summarize it and say, hey, in all of that, what's one thing that I can improve right now, right? And then maybe... You take that one thing and then to apply it to yourself in how you can customize it to your personality, look at your day, look at your environment, look at your wedge of expectations, and then put that thing into practice that allows you to consistently do it for a long enough period of time that would have the ability to take over on its own, drive itself, and make a positive impact. And so maybe it's when you're sitting down with a team, ask more questions, listen more. Are we chunking it down? Are we providing it in feedback that's honest, that's based on growth? Or is it overwhelmed in story? And, and one of the things that I do when I work with my clients and also with my coaches, because this supports me, is when we work together to even protect these rules to understand what coaching is, we'll make rules about even acknowledging what we're talking about. And so sometimes they'll, they'll be like, oh my God, I'm having all these emotions. I just need to let them out. And I'm like, amazing, just let them out, Right. But if they're coming asking for a coaching question or a problem, then they might message and I might say something like, I need the facts 
and not I need the facts and feelings, not the story is something that I'll say. And so then they'll listen to the message and they'll hear it back and they'll hear underneath like, oh my God, I'm failing and I've never done it before. And boom, boom, boom. They'll find the actual facts and the feelings and they'll say, oh, I feel scared or I'm overwhelmed and boom. And then when we have those, we have the thing that we need to get to work on. Those are the things that we adjust into, that we make attunement to. And so when you think about these things, this can be for you, this can be for your team, this can be for your customers. But what we have to understand is that at the end of the day, when we want to achieve something, when we get the idea and we get the clarity, that is the smallest part of the puzzle. The next part is putting it onto paper and building it and putting it into a plan. And as much as I'd like to say that I could design a $10 million mansion right now, I've never designed one and I really, really don't want to. I don't know what I want it to look like, but I will say that I can go put a brick down today and put a brick down tomorrow and I will get more clarity. And so you're going to keep finding this, this, this consistent undertone in all of this, that even in to find your passion, to find your talent, to hone it, to make sure you know what it is, requires so many consistent swings that you get excited about, that you protect so that you allow yourself to find yourself because there is no rigidity. Like there isn't, oh, this is who I was yesterday. This is who I am forever. No, you grow and you evolve and you get to find these pieces. And so as you go through your week, as you go through your days, bring some intention to these things. Are you holding yourself accountable to the level that a master coach would hold you accountable, right? Have you ever been like, hey, close my eyes and imagine George is my coach. Would I be doing the same things today that I am right now if he was sitting in my office? And the answer is probably no. Just like most of the time my coaches text me and they're like, I'm on my way to your office. I'm like, I'm on my best behavior, I promise, right? But these are not moments to beat ourselves up. These are not moments to get upset. These are moments to find the next bite to achieve what we want. Like the moment we sit here and we're like, oh my God, I'm not. Oh yeah, I'm not being consistent in my working out. Yep, my breath, it's not really there. Oh my God, I'm pretending that I knew where money was coming from, but I haven't been looking. Okay, got it. Well, if that's everything that's happening, that's my current state. Well, now that I know where I am, I can't jump a thousand feet forward. No, I have to get a thousand feet forward in a race I've never run maybe, but I just need the first step. Okay, well, if I know where I am, now I know where I want to go. What's the first step? Okay, that didn't work. How can I do it differently, right? And it's just this consistent relationship with when things get hard or we we feel frustrated or sad or overwhelmed or we can't get it, that we just take a minute to pause and be like, no, 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 we're just an athlete, right? We're unlocking our talent. We made a mistake. Uh, something's not working. Okay, cool. What worked? What didn't work? What can we do different? Let's get back to back. And the more that we can protect this, the more that we can practice this while also acknowledging ourselves, while celebrating ourselves, while saying, wow, look, you're continuing to improve. You're continuing to make yourself better. Look at every day how you're making adjustments and tweaks. And when you celebrate that and you have gratitude for all of that, it comes in spades, but it has to be practiced. And here's how I'm going to end today's episode. This, what we're talking about is a muscle and it's a muscle that if it's not used, it atrophies. And it's one that has to be flexed and it's one that can't get overworked. And the more that you flex it, the stronger you'll get. And your willingness to keep doing the workout when you're tired and when everybody else is tired, they say you should stop with this muscle is the muscle that will determine your success. And I am excited that I'm flexing this muscle. I am recording videos. I'm designing new events. Like I am so excited with my physical fitness. I'm down 56 pounds. Like I feel incredible. I'm happy. Like I'm the happiest I've ever been. And it feels incredible. And I'm so excited about how far ahead of me there is to come. 
And then there's plenty of days where I'm overwhelmed and stressed about money and stressed about this and life and the future. And then my environment reminds me of like, what's my next bite? And then I find that bite, I take it and I get excited again. And the more excited we are about this and the more that we see that we're the gift, that we're, we're the weapon, we're the tool, like our perspective, our passion, our talent, the things that we're seeing are the light. And we love every ounce of it. We can make it brighter and brighter and brighter. And my job is to help you make it bright because I love you. I appreciate you. I love that you're a part of my community and your talent matters. Your view matters. It matters for all of us. We're all in this together, but we have to be willing to flex the same muscles together. And that's what this chapter is all about. And so apply these things to yourself. Take these throughout the day. Try to listen to your body more. Check in with it, right? And and, and this came to me this morning as I was having anxiety in my body. So I walked outside barefoot in the cold, wet grass, and I instantly felt better. And then I was doing breath work for about a minute, and I was breathing because I had a feeling in my body. But then when I was breathing, instead of feeling the feeling, I was thinking about 20 other things. And I had to be like, what are you doing? You're breathing to find the feeling, find the feeling. And then I found the feeling and I felt instantly better. And it was just this subtle reminder. And so how can you customize your next action based on your feelings in your body, creating more space for yourself, breaking it down into the next chunk, putting it into your wedge of expectations? How can you use this on your team, on your customers to help find their movable middle to get them progress, which will increase their results and help everybody across the board? These are the things that we get to play with. These are the things that we get too excited about. And these are the things that end chapter eight of the talent code. And so without further ado, I'm going to wrap this episode. And if you haven't listened to the previous ones, go take a listen. If you haven't subscribed to the show and you just found these, you should probably subscribe to the Mind of George show. I try really hard to make these things incredible and I hope they are. And then I'm excited to get the next one up for you. And so keep your ears open, keep your eyes open, but we will be back soon with the next, well, you know when we're coming back, but it's coming when it drops with the next chapter of the talent code. So I will either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. but either way, we're out. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.